Welcome to the Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast. There is so much noise on the interweb these days about what women should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to their fitness and health. Not only is it all too often tied to shame and fixing our bodies, it can also be incredibly detrimental to our health and wellness overall. The Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast sorts through the BS and offers advice and actionable tactile steps to support and build a better relationship to your amazing body through every stage of womanhood. It aims to break the cycle of keeping women in the dark about their extraordinary machines and revolutionize the way we move, eat, and live so that our daughters and our daughter's daughters look in the mirror and feel exactly what they are. Fierce, beautiful, and capable of everything. The revolution starts here. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast. I'm going to start out real fast by saying, please don't mind the sultry vocals you're getting today. And by sultry, I clearly mean stuffy because your girl's got a little touch of the COVID. But as always, I am coming at you with a topic so juicy I simply couldn't wait to get it out to you. There's also a decent chance you might hear a little snoring, which sounds weird, but I do have a 16-year-old chihuahua in my lap who was not okay with being set down. So get ready for all sorts of backtrack today, a little bit of sultry voice, a little bit of snorry chihuahua. What a day to be alive. So without further ado, our topic today are the two hacks everyone new to fitness or newly back to fitness, and even those of us who have been in fitness for a while but are feeling underwhelmed or maybe even frustrated by a plateau need to be successful with sticking with our fitness journey, especially when the going gets tough or feels slow AF. You don't need any new fancy equipment for these hacks, no investment of dollars or even too much time. These hacks all take place in our mindset, the way we choose to approach difficulty, and the things we give our precious attention to. Before you roll your eyes and shut me off, hang tight while I share a quick anecdote about an impossibility made possible by these two major mindset shifts. An anecdote about a struggling, hopeless alcoholic who, after a decade of being unable to quit drinking, no matter how much her loved ones begged and pleaded, found sobriety despite all odds. Oh yeah, that struggling, hopeless alcoholic was me. Hi, I'm Kinsey, and I am a recovering alcoholic. What up? So early on in sobriety, two phrases got me through a lot of the initial turmoil. One day at a time, and keep it simple, stupid. Please do not take offense at stupid. Partially, I love it because it's quirky. It rolls off the tongue, and let's be real, it's just going to plain stick with you. Plus, one of the perks of getting sober was that I was surrounded by a group of incredible people who showed me getting sober could actually be fun and a little bit goofy on top of giving me my whole entire life back. When I first quit drinking, the idea of staying sober for the rest of my life felt absolutely impossible, painful even. When I got caught up in future tripping about what a lifetime without drinking meant not having wine at my wedding, never having drinks with coworkers, dry holidays, and then the emotional weight of the amends that I owed my loved ones, 
I would start to feel so overwhelmed that the idea of quitting while I was ahead with this whole sobriety thing felt like the easiest solution. There was just so much that stood between me and where I wanted to go and where I knew I needed to go. But the thought of it all would immobilize me with absolute overwhelm and panic. But enter one day at a time. The reminder that I never needed to think about one year from now, one month from now, or even one day from now. I just need to stay in this present moment and put one foot in front of the other. And then the reminder to keep it simple, stupid. I didn't have to have it all figured out just then. I just had to not drink in this next moment. That was simple enough. Slowly, one day at a time, keeping it simple, my sobriety grew from 24 hours to 24 days to over five years. And today my life is beyond my wildest dreams because every time I wanted to quit or wanted to be further along than I was, I would just come back to those two same touchstones, one day at a time, and keep it simple, stupid. So why the sobriety anecdote? Because I learned pretty quickly that so much of getting sober translates directly to creating a sustainable lifelong fitness routine. Why is that? It's because they're two lifestyle changes that on paper look easy to do. We know we should do them. We'll feel amazing when we do. But for some reason, that barrier to entry is so much higher than we think it's going to be when we start out on those journeys. In the early days of starting to work out, it's all too easy to get so overwhelmed by how far you have to go before we can lift that amount of weight or lose those pounds or lower our cholesterol that understandably, most people decide it isn't even worth getting started if the outcome seems so impossibly hard and far off. Not to mention, like sobriety and fitness, when a relapse strikes, we fall out of a fitness routine, the will to get back on the horse isn't always immediate. And for a lot of us, it never comes knocking again. This is a scenario I've seen play out in both sobriety and fitness time and again. The thought arises, I did it once and I didn't stick to it, so why bother? Or it's going to take me so long to get back to where I was. The journey seems too potentially painful, maybe even impossible. Verse looking at fitness as one day of a time. Like early in sobriety or a return to sobriety, there's no way we can time travel to the destination we want to be at. Sorry, wouldn't that be weird? But we can't. But we can cut the overwhelm by taking the focus off of how far we have to go by getting present and taking actions that we can accomplish today. Maybe that's showing up for our 30-minute workout or going on a walk after lunch or adding veggies into our dinner. What action can I choose now that keeps me on my path? And then, how do I keep it simple, stupid? In the 10 years that I've been doing this fitness thing, time and again, I see this same story play out. A person gets fired up and ready to change their lives. They're sick and tired of having no energy, of feeling uncomfortable in everything they put on, tired of keeping three different sizes of the same pants in their closet, or are so done hearing from their doctor that their blood pressure is high or that they're pre-diabetic that finally they think, I'm fired up and ready to change my life and take back my health. Watching this fire in folks, by the way, just side note, will continue to be one of the most inspiring things to witness. It's palpable. 
there is a strength in discovering that we have the opportunity to change the trajectory of our health. And it is contagious. Sometimes these amazing humans grab hold of this drive and they sink their teeth in in a sustainable way right off the bat, taking changes one day at a time. From the start, they strike that balance of picking one or two healthy shifts to focus on at a time. They make time for their new workout habit without it completely consuming the rest of their life, either in the amount of time it takes to work out or the intensity being so hard that it zaps their energy for the rest of the day. This is truly amazing and it's the jackpot because the average human who embarks on a fitness journey, especially when they try to go it alone, often falls prey to the secondary outcome where they set unrealistic expectations about what fitness needs to be and how quickly they should be seeing those results. Or they fall prey to a program looking to cash in on their fire that promises quick results if only they can work out more, cut calories, stop eating the food they love, walk 10,000 steps a day, sleep eight hours a night, meditate for 30 minutes, aka go hard in the paint all the time also known as the opposite of keeping it simple. More often than not, these programs and expectations lead to burnout, injury, or feeling so freaking frustrated by their perceived lack of progress, especially when they start to compare to those people around them, that they just want to throw in the towel and walk away from working out for good. And this makes so much sense to me, right? Especially these days. There's just so much noise out there with new fitness and diet fads popping up monthly. Heck, I don't know, daily it feels like. The fitfluencers we all admire and aspire to be on ye olde interweb preach things like no pain and no gain, no days off, and other toxic angles that promote the idea that exercise has to be all or nothing and leave you feeling dead after every single session, that health has to be a sacrifice, only the few are truly worthy. To this day, I still have clients who worry they didn't get a good workout because they didn't sweat or get sore. So please allow me a momentary tangent as I want to go on. Different kinds of exercises activate different kinds of physiological responses. That's why, for example, if you wear a wearable, like a Fitbit or Apple Watch, you'll notice your heart rate gets much higher and you register burning more calories during a cardio workout than a strength workout. But that does not make that workout better. It means that that particular workout targeted your cardiovascular system, which is why your heart rate went up. That is all. To my knowledge, we don't really have a common wearable that tracks workouts that target our muscular skeletal system. Anyway, it's also common. Sorry, I'm not quite done with this tangent, it turns out. Also common that women do sweat less than men, especially in strength training workouts when the rest times we take between sets are far longer because we're intentionally bringing our heart rate down. And lastly, feeling sore is not a sign of a good session. Oftentimes, it is a sign of overtraining. And yes, in the beginning, you will feel sore. You'll, you'll be far more prone to soreness, I should say, than later on because you are working a lot of muscles for the first time. As you become more advanced, there will be days when you work new muscles or work them differently or go up in weight where, again, you might feel sore. But we really need to ditch the idea that we have to be sore after every single workout. The point is here. Even when someone new to fitness or newly back manages to jump through all of the limiting belief and time restraint hurdles it takes to start strength training, we are more than often tackling 
every big change all at once, instead of keeping it simple and focusing on one or two dial movers. Plus, if we go into fitness expecting that we should feel dead after every session, why on earth would we want to keep that going for a lifetime? Yuck. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to push my limits. I feel wildly powerful blowing through a Metcon or banging out 50 burpees, especially in my follicular phase. But that is just a small part of my overall training. And I've built up to that with years of training. The number one thing I see get in the way of someone new to fitness or newly back is their expectations around fitness and how many things they need to pile onto their plate all at once to get healthy. There's this reoccurring theme I've noticed over the years when I'm talking to folks who are new to fitness or newly back, and it's a mindset shift that I really intentionally work on with all of my clients. Because more often than not, when I'm talking to people, they feel like even though they've made huge changes in the way they approach fitness, working out for the first time in their lives, they still feel like they're not doing enough, that there's more they need to be doing so that they can get to their desired result faster. Another fallacy the interweb, dominated by the diet and fitness industry, loves to perpetuate is that there is, in fact, a quick-fix solution to healthy lifestyle changes. But in reality, anything that is good for us, especially when it comes to changes to our body comp and biomarkers, takes serious time, especially if we want it to be sustainable. The trick to making changes that last isn't harder and faster. It's keeping it simple by dialing in the quality of our workouts and staying consistent with them one day at a time. Not exercising every day. Staying consistent with workouts one day at a time means honoring the days that are rest days or active recovery days. This is literally why I created Strength Foundations for Women, or SFW, because for years I have heard people saying, I'm just so overwhelmed by all the things I should and need to be doing that I just can't do anything. So I am here to help you take it one day at a time and keep it simple in SFW. There's plenty of time to barbell later, plenty of time to dial in your ideal nutrition or nail that fancy kettlebell flow you saw on TikTok yesterday, etc., whatever it is. But these are not the foundations of fitness. You have to focus on the big dial movers first. And if you don't know what those are, I recommend getting a coach who can tell you those things. This is why I say in SFW, hey, give me three months, follow the whole curriculum all the way through to the best of your ability, learn these foundational things, and then we can tack on the bells and whistles later. And if at the end of three months you're like, I want to do something else, do it. But at least you'll have stuck with something long enough to give it a real shot to settle in, to feel the amazing benefits that start to take hold from strength training three 30-minute sessions a week. I always tell people to find a person who speaks to them and resonates and stay with them because it's so common to bounce around and switch plans and diets, etc. But we never lock in on one method long term. I'm talking over years, right? Because we're building a lifestyle. This yo-yoing is so common and it comes, unfortunately, with serious backlashes, two of which I'll speak to today. The first being that each time we diet and overexercise, we generally come off losing muscle mass, which moves our starting line further and further back. And almost worse, we start to collect false evidence that we are the problem. 
that it's our lack of motivation that's keeping us tired, sick, and overweight. Not these diet plans and fitness programs that are sold to us with the hopes that we will fail so that we will fall further down a rabbit hole of self-blame and have to keep spending money on more false promises. So find your person or program who has the style you love and the life you admire and want. And of course, I hope that it's with SFW, but whoever it is, lock it in, my friends, because the great news Your health timeline is fluid. It isn't a race. In fact, the race to the end mentality sort of disappears altogether as strength training becomes part of your lifestyle. Scarcity and a sense of urgency are front and center when we get started because it's so easy to spend our time comparing ourselves to others. But we will drive ourselves a kooky if we are constantly comparing and deciding where and how we are not enough. Your life is full of amazing things. And what an incredible gift it is that you have all these other things that you want to spend your time on. A life obsessed with fitness and dieting is a lonely one. I've been there. I promise you it is no way to live. One of the first things we have to get honest with is figuring out how much time we have to realistically start working fitness into our lives and play around with where this fits into your own and best life and then be cool with it. There is a reason I start all of my clients and programs with 30-minute workouts. Not only can you get a wildly effective workout in, you aren't forced to sacrifice major time and energy in other areas of your life. We keep it simple, simple and effective. If we keep telling ourselves that we're what we're doing is not enough, then we won't do it at all. Realize There are fundamental big dial movers and give yourself permission to focus on those for the time being. I've been consistent with my own personal exercise program for well over 10 years and I'm still incorporating the basics I teach in SFW. Whatever you need to do to relax into this process and realize that you have all the time in the world, that's when you really start to settle into that sweet spot. The spot where we can maintain for, well, forever. A great low-key way to start figuring that out? I humbly suggest joining the free five-day online Strong Start Challenge. I'm going to pop the link in this bio. It begins on Monday, February 19th. Our goal in this free challenge is four 30-minute workouts in five days to experience firsthand that when we keep it simple and approach it one day at a time, a strength training routine can truly be sustainable that it doesn't have to drain us of our energy or suck up tons of our time or force us to sacrifice things we love. I also on top of joining the challenge, because gosh, wouldn't that be fun to work out together for a week? I lovingly invite you to examine the expectations that you have set for yourself or that you have set or hold around fitness. Some of the questions we can ask are, what are some words or images that come up when you think about fitness? Does it feel hard or like it's too much? Do you have limiting beliefs that fitness is for some but not for others? Do you have feelings around right and wrong ways to work out? What are limitations that you've created for yourself? I'll never be strong enough or motivated enough, so what's the point? I'm too old. I'm too tired. I don't have the time. I'll do it when the kids are in college. I just don't know what I'm doing. I missed my opportunity to get fit. I don't care about getting muscles or losing weight, so I don't need to work out. I'm just big boned. 
Starting to bring awareness to these expectations can allow us to understand where in the past we may have been getting in our own way. Just like how early on, all of my attention getting sober was on the things I would be missing out on when I wasn't drinking anymore, rather than the daily action steps that took me closer to a healthy life. Start to notice in your life where you may be placing unnecessary attention and start to shift your awareness to the daily steps you can take towards your healthiest life. Where can we let go of future tripping, comparison and expectation, and take one things one day at a time? Where can we let go of all or nothing mentality and dial it back to keeping it simple? Fitness is a lifestyle. And just like getting sober, what feels impossible can be broken down into small daily choices on a granular level that make your life better in ways you could never have imagined. You and your health are so worth it. Please join me in that free Strong Start Challenge. Remember, we start February 19th and it's totally free. So hello, it's a no-brainer. I cannot wait to help you blow through old expectations and find a path towards your ultimate health paved with ease and grace one day at a time, keeping it simple. Because again, you and your magnificent body are so worth it. And before I sign off here, I just want to give a huge thank you to those of you who have taken the time out of your busy and wonderful lives to leave reviews and share the podcast. That's exactly 100% of the way that this little pod will grow and help more and more women. I know there are a million and a half other things you could be doing. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for using some of your precious moments to not only listen, but to review and share. It means the world to me. And like I said, it helps spread the love to women all over who could benefit from learning how to release themselves from the bondage of diet culture and start learning to care for their amazing bodies in a way that is loving and sustainable. I am so grateful for you all. Until next time, Raiders. Ah, Roo.